eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lee Wakefield, and I'm joined by a couple of people this week, uh, as well, as usual has been for the college podcast at least. Uh, I've got Thomas Tom Barrett with me, and then we've also been joined this week by another one of our writers, uh, Tom Robery. Uh, so guys, how are you? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not bad at all, not bad at all. Tom, how are you? Sorry, I kind of like mixed your, your forenames up a minute, a minute ago. <laughs> couple of Tom and Thomases, yeah, it's exactly, a bit confusing, exactly. isn't it? It's it? confusing. All good over here, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Um, obviously, we've not had Thomas on before, so I'm just going to get into a little bit of an introduction, if that's all right. So, Thomas, just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you sport in the NFL, who you sport in college football. I think that'll be pretty apt for tonight with a couple of topics that we're, we're going to bring up. So, yeah, take it away. Introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are. Yeah, certainly. Um, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. have been since about 2005, so it's 14 years of misery, finally turning <laughs> around. And... Uh, I'm a UCLA fan in college football. I've been since 2012, Jim Mora era, so Brett Hundley, Josh Rosen, and now Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So hopefully we're on the up and up this year. Hopefully, hopefully. Not a great start, but obviously we'll come on to that a little bit no, later on. Not at all. Um, and whereabouts in the UK are you? Uh, Shropshire. Shropshire, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Um, so smack bang in the middle, basically. Yeah, yeah no beaches for you. Nope. Um, and then obviously we've got you. We've had you over for a few weeks now. You've been on the the main podcast as well. Uh, just let the guys know who are listening, sort of like what you're going to be writing about for us and uh, where you're sort of like based in the in the writing world for us. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to be doing some stuff for the NFL, but um, I'll be mainly covering the ACC for the college football and a bit of um, Britball with um, Tim. Mm-hmm. But um, at the moment, I'm primarily just working for full 10 yards, so just literally just jump on the ACC stuff, and I'll be there. I'm going to be hyping up a few people tonight, so... Yeah. <laughs> One person will come on to pretty shortly. Um, obviously, yeah. this week, college football is back with the first full sort of week of scheduling. I'd say it's been back with bang. I don't know about you, lads. Uh, so we've got quite a lot to, lot to talk about, um, got quite a lot to get through. It's been a jam-packed sort of weekend of college football. Um, yeah, so we were just going round the table, discussing all the main storylines and, and just talking about a few guys that we've thought have really stood out. Uh, so yeah, lads, let's get into it, eh? Um, let's start off with uh, the ACC, let's start off with the best team in it, and uh, Clemson and Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, they got the victory, they they won pretty well. Um, but, you know, there's been some rumblings of, you know, Trevor Lawrence not playing that well. How do you, do you guys see it? Thomas will bring you in, because you are the ACC guy. Um, how do you think Trevor Lawrence played? He played like I expected Trevor Lawrence to. Started off a little bit slow, still made big throws. The main murmurings are because he underthrew a couple balls to T. Higgins, and mm. it's just like he's going to underthrow balls. Which college quarterback isn't underthrowing a couple footballs? They still won. They're still the best team in the ACC, and Trevor Lawrence is still arguably the best quarterback in the nation. So I don't. I really don't understand the mur- the murmurings about him. I really don't. I guess the the stat line. I mean, if if people are sort of looking at that straight on offhand and didn't really watch the game uh, in a big win, Trevor Lawrence's numbers aren't, aren't fantastic. You know, only throwing for 168 yards, uh, a couple of picks as well. Uh, Tom, is uh, is expectation maybe a little bit outweighing the sort of reality at the moment? 
I think, like, obviously, game one is that there are, there are going to be things that are a bit rusty. I, I agree with Thomas. Like, yeah, his stats don't look great. And you look at 13 from 23, um, 168 yards to one touchdown. But, I mean, there were still points in the game when I think he looked very dominant. Um, I mean, the, the touchdown that he rushed for initially was great. Um, and, yeah, I mean... The, the, the one thing that was um, that, that I did think was a little bit concerning was I think it was the second interception that he threw when he was kind of forced out to the to the touchline and he, he was kind of dodging a tackle and sort of just threw the ball midair and it looked like there wasn't really a Clemson wide receiver up there and it kind of just went straight to the to the to the DB but um, I, I mean yeah I, I I don't I don't I'm not but I'm not jumping on that hype that oh he's he's not not as good as we thought or he's going to have a bad season he clearly proved that he was last year so. Yeah, no, no, I'd, I'd agree with you, lads. I think you know, I think like you said, it's his first game. You get the ring rust out. Um, you know, he's still quite inexperienced. You've got to remember, obviously, he's this freshman sensation. But obviously, you know, he's still quite inexperienced moving into his second year. And you know, it's it's just one of those things. They didn't have to sort of excel themselves. Travis Etienne did all that. I was going to say, yeah, Travis yards. Uh, he did more than enough. Exactly. You know, running for three touchdowns over 200 yards on 12 carries. You don't, you don't need to do much else as a quarterback when you're running back from running all over the op- <laughs> the opposition. So yeah, no, I'm not getting, I'm not sort of getting ahead of myself on that one either. Um, you know, waiting to sort of see what they're doing in week two, and obviously I think we'll we'll mention that one <laughs> a little bit later on, um, because I know that certain person on this podcast has got quite an eye on that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm not really buying into it. I just wanted to get your guys' takes on it. Uh, so yeah, we're not we're not sort of alarm no alarm bells yet for Trevor. No, Lattin. no, I not at all. So. Yeah, I mean, Tom's obviously more of an ACC guy, but I've just think a couple of other points just from the from the Clemson game that I noticed. Like Isaiah Simmons looked nasty in the, mm. in the defense of like five tackles, five assists. He hit the he hit the Georgia Tech QB Oliver hard, and he's when, when Oliver sort of went for a first rush of the game and. Yeah, it, he just looked. He looked dangerous. Um, and again, obviously, we mentioned Travis, Travis Etienne, um, and also a few snaps of the sophomore Lin J. Dixon um, running back also looked good with the ball in hand. Um, so yeah, I think I think Clemson obviously look as look as good as ever. To be fair, yeah, pretty dumb. I mean, for Clemson, I guess it's not about this end of the season; it's about the other end of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, no line bells ring, as, as I said. Um, we'll move on to from another from one sort of young quarterback to another one, and we'll move on to Justin Fields. Uh, so yeah, first first game for Ohio State in the new system. We all thought there might be a bit of ring rust there, like we said, and and we were we were disproven, weren't we, Tom? Yeah, I was definitely disproven. I think that was one of my takes uh, when we were sort of previewing um, QBs, and I was sort of saying that having watched a bit of the spring practice game and so on that I didn't think he he looked great um however I mean he he has lived up to um to his sort of high school stock if you like um I, I think 18 of 25 uh 72 four touchdowns no interceptions and he looked good on the ground as well I think um obviously rushing that's what people know him as a dual threat mm-hmm. um obviously they've got Cincinnati next week uh which I'm sure Thomas will <laughs> go over a bit about them in, in a bit but um a, a team that we know can score so I'll be interested to see what he looks like um against a better team but yeah I mean fair play to him good start and um interesting to see how the Buckeyes go yeah definitely what well, I mean what was it like a 51 yard gallop wasn't that on like it was, was it the first touch that he had as well I mean I didn't watch this game live I'm not gonna not going yeah, it, it, but I saw the highlight and uh, yeah, I think it was like 51 yards, wasn't it? And he just breezed past the whole defence. Yeah, it was definitely within like the first first minute or two of the game. <laughs> and I, 
I think they're like four touchdowns up in the first quarter. I could be wrong there, but it, they 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 started very very well. Yeah, no, I think I think you I are think right. I think it was. I was going to say, I think what people forget about Justin Fields was last year at Georgia, all he did was he was put in the game just to run the ball. So true. Whereas they forget how good he was in high school as a thrower, and like he finally got the chance in Ryan Day's offense, and he looked pretty damn impressive. I don't, I'm like you, um, Lee. I've only watched like the highlights. Mm-hmm. But he looks super impressive, and yeah, Cincinnati is a bigger test, but he's still going to ace it. He's still going to destroy that defense. Yeah, we're still looking for him to kind of press on and, and sort of, yeah, like you say, just take it, take it to them. And we're going to look for another impressive performance, aren't we? For sure. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to Cincinnati, and we we kind of had a bit of a trend over the weekend. I thought with um, group of five schools, sort of, you know, having some big upsets over power five schools. Obviously, we've got a UCLA fan on here. We saw Tennessee lose to Georgia State. We had a few uh, Florida State fans in the first half. We're all over Twitter. We <laughs> see Boise State come back. Uh, we've got Mizzou, Wyoming, which we'll come on to later on. But yeah, I just want to sort of say, obviously, in our group chat, Thomas, you were pretty pretty impressed and pretty sort of excited to see Dorian Thompson-Robinson. What all went wrong, mate? Um, injuries, not too... Obviously, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, but they went in without Theo Howard, their top receiver. They went in without two of their top offensive linemen. Joshua Kelly, their top running back, and Kazmir Allen, their backup running back, were out. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest, on the day, DTR just looked completely flustered. He was 8 of 25, completed three passes in the second half, and he just kept throwing into double and triple coverage. It was just a bad day at the office. Like his first drive, he fumbled straight away and lost the ball. And from then on, it just... Did not get any better for him. Yeah, it was, it was a bad showing. So, with obviously with the injuries that you just mentioned there, do you think it's not too bad for UCLA? Do you think this is going to be sort of the trend for the season, or do you think you know it's just one, it's just one game, it's a blip? You know, everyone will come back. DCR's got his bad game out of the way now, early doors, and it's all sort of going upwards from here. Uh, what Chip Kelly said before, like, uh, after the game, sorry, that um, if it was a Pac-12 game. Josh Kelly, Darnay Holmes, and Theo Howard probably would have would have played, but because uh-huh. it wasn't, he decided to rest them. But they got San Diego State this weekend, and then they play Oklahoma. So they need to get the, uh, a good game under their belt before Oklahoma come in and whack them with Jalen Hurts. Because <laughs> that's not going to be a win. As confident as I am, that's not a win. <laughs> And uh, yeah, Thomas, you were you were pretty impressed with uh, Boise State, weren't you? What was it, Hank? Um, Hank Backmeyer, Backmeyer or something it, like yeah. that. Yeah, no, we yeah. were impressed with him, weren't we? Uh, yeah, a true freshman QB. He went into Florida State and just outplayed Blackman comfortably, even whilst being down. And yeah, I was super impressed. Um, somebody I'm going to keep an eye on because I didn't expect. I mean, Boise State went in ranks, didn't they? Like 24, uh-huh. well, they're now 24, and like. I'm keeping on him because like yeah, it looks like he'll have a bit of Kellen Moore about him, and Kellen Moore was good for Boise State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and Curtis Weaver as well. The edge rusher had a really good game as well. I think he got a sack and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like really, really sort of put himself on the radar of anyone who wasn't on the radar for. And uh, Tom Thomas, uh, sorry, Tom. Oh, this is going to get really confusing, isn't it, with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom, you've got. Family who support FSU, you were kind of laughing at sort of uh, the plight of them. Is that right? Yeah, no, no that was me. Yeah, yeah, Thomas. I have American relatives that all went to Florida State, and they were very big on the first half. They were pumped, and then as soon as the game started to turn, they 
their Facebook and Twitter went the complete opposite direction. They, looked, yeah. they sounded depressed afterwards. It was funny. Yeah, I can kind of imagine. I mean, I've, I'm not expecting a great deal from FSU. I'm not expecting a great deal from UCLA, to be honest with you, unfortunately. Um, no, I mean, but don't worry. <laughs> we'll see if these uh, kind of things are the, the, the norm as we move through the, the football season. Um, so, yeah, I just want to move on to another upset. Obviously, Tom, this is one of your preseason shouts. Mizzou, who went down to Wyoming. Uh, what happened there? What happened with Kelly Bryant? Yeah, I mean, a couple of a couple of short results in the SEC East. Again, I've not really had a chance to have a have a real sort of deep look at the match. But I mean, it's obviously a big upset. I think they were down like they were down about. I think they were down seventeen points or seventeen to go. They started all right. Um, obviously, I was calling them out at the start of the season to go eight and oh, nine and oh, and, and, and and try and win one of their uh, uh, one of the last few games for a ten win season. But um, yeah, it just didn't click. I think, I think I've seen like clips. Kelly Bryant got tackled, fumbled, like sort of trying to trying to make it out of the pocket. Got tackled, fumbled a defensive turnover and touchdown. But um, yeah, not 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 a great start. No, not at all. Um, his his stats don't look like too bad. Obviously, through for well over. That's the thing. Yeah, you know, on the face <clears> that you you kind of see, but obviously it comes down to those moments, doesn't it? Where you like you say you get a you get a fumble and. You know, it really changes the momentum of the game. It's not going to get it much easier with West Virginia coming up. Do you still have that down as a win? Uh, I mean, I will. St- I think I probably am going to stick with that. Just well, oh, do you know what this is? Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to do some real in-depth look at the rest of the SEC. Well, the, the SEC already from week one, and um, and come back to you on that one. To be fair, but I mean, the schedule isn't tough, and I think. I mean, you can obviously put bits down to first game of the season. I don't want to keep making like using that as an excuse. Mm. I do think Kenny Bryant is a good quarterback. Um, but yeah, we'll, yeah, I, we'll think, see. I think I think that's one thing that we've sort of seen in the past, haven't we? And with Clemson, his Clemson career, and now you know, he, apart from that, the big moments maybe we've seen that with with his debut for Missouri, and you know, Virginia, West Virginia, sorry, only beat James Madison twenty to thirteen. So obviously they've not had like a. They started. They won. Obviously, they got the win, but they'd they'd want a more heavy win than that. Um, you yeah, know, you seven, so. seven points over well, James Madison. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I don't think I don't think that that shout's dead. That he's going to have a good season. Uh, I think that you know maybe not as strong as we anticipated, perhaps. But I think you know Kelly Bryant. I think he'll come back. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say they're going to beat West Virginia next week. Yeah. No, I will agree. <laughs> so we'll stick in the Mountain West uh, for another shock. And obviously we had a quite a nice story. Um, the Nevada kicker, Brandon Talton, uh, kicked a 56-yard field goal as time expired to beat Purdue, which obviously is a you know, Big Ten team, Nevada, Mountain West, although you know, one of the better teams in the Mountain West. Um, and that's the longest walk-off kick for victory in the Mountain West history. Um, you know, they iced him. Maybe they shouldn't have iced him. You know, he had like a practice kick. And yeah, Nevada went on to win. And then there was a really nice story that sort of unfolded afterwards. Thomas, do you want to just tell us a little bit about that for those who don't already know? Uh, yeah, the Nevada head coach, whose name is slipping my mind. I don't know if you've got it. Um, he awarded him the game ball. But then as he was awarded him the game ball, he slipped in. He also earned a scholarship. And then the team just went nuts. And I, I loved it. It's just watching the team celebrate with him and jump in it was so good. And to be fair, 56-yard field goal to win a game for him. Yeah, he's earned it. Fair play to the kids. Yeah, absolutely. This um, is what the sort of dreams are made of, isn't it? You know, you get your scholarship and you set up now for the rest of your career, really. 
And I just went to buy, I was obviously watching a little bit of this, obviously seen that story. I just, obviously can't go on a podcast without mentioning a cornerback. Um, Nevada cornerback Daniel Brown really sort of put himself on my radar. He had the inception with less than a minute ago uh, with the score tied, sort of getting Nevada the ball back and, and set up that kick. So yeah, definitely kind of keeping my eye on that one. So yeah, no, that was a, that was a really good, really good story. Um, yeah, it was a great clip, it was a great clip. One to keep our eye on, I think, for the for the future. Obviously, we've sort of when we went going through our sort of games to watch throughout the calendar. I mentioned Nevada versus uh, uh, Utah State for Jordan Love, and I'll definitely be watching that for maybe Daniel Brown in future. Uh, maybe a bit of a head to head there between those two. Um, so yeah, no. Has anyone got any other like little shocks or anything like that that they want to mention before we move on? Well, just another little one coming from the SEC East with uh, Tennessee getting upset by Georgia State. Um, I think the Vols fans are hoping for a much better season this year. Um, and I'm, again, I, I've still not watched much of the tape, but I know I've seen some stuff on Twitter and they're, they're not particularly happy. Um, people saying it was just like an absolutely terrible performance. But I think the one thing that Tennessee do have on their side, and it all really depends how long it takes to get going, but they've got such a young team. I think like there was a lot of freshmen playing. Um, yeah, you did mention the city. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think there's still hope for them yet this season. As in, I don't think they've do particularly they are actually the one that I had in that SEC preview where I said I just really have no idea yeah we couldn't place them at all could we we couldn't place them at all so I mean losing losing to Georgia State not a great start so yeah that was that was another upset for me yeah no for sure no I'd definitely go with that one um, so yeah that, that was kind of that um, a lot of group five group of five teams sort of having their sort of moment in the sun whether that all sort of carry on I don't know but it's sort of nice for them to start off the season in such sort of a rich vein of form as a group I would say uh, let's move on to the main event of the weekend. Uh, obviously, everyone was sort of staying up for this one. It was Oregon versus Auburn. Um, I was obviously rooting for the Pac-12, rooting for Oregon, and it was all going my way um, <laughs> until the last moment. And I just don't know how Oregon kind of lost this one, really. I mean, I, I kind of do. I've got my opinions on it. But I'll come to you guys. You know, How much of this have you seen? What do you think? Sort of, what, what was your sort of reaction? What's your takes from this game for both of you? Thomas, we'll come to you first. Um. I only watched the first half and then caught up with Bo Nix, big uh-huh. touchdown. And um, I'll be honest, watching the first half, it looked like Oregon were going to run away with it. So mm. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not really the best to say what um, my opinions on it. I just I, I went in believing in Bo Nix, and from what I saw, he didn't play particularly well. But that was a big boy throw on for that touch, go-ahead touchdown. Mm. I'll give him all the credit in the world. He, he made the throw, and it was impressive. I don't really. What happened to Justin Herbert? Did he just collapse or? Because he was looking pretty decent when I was watching. Well, uh, well, before we before I sort of say my piece, I'll come to Tom. What do you reckon, mate? What What do you reckon happened? Well, no, yeah, I just think I mean I think carrying on. I mean, from Thomas's point, I think I agree. I it, it obviously looked like Oregon were just going to run away with it. I think the Auburn defense, obviously, very good defense, stepped up a bit, and 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 as you said, Justin Herbert's stats aren't even particularly bad, really, for the, for the game. I just felt that. I don't know if it's coaching calls or what, but it's just you come out at sec- like the start of the second half and Auburn just didn't really look like they were taking many chances. If you look at the box scores, they're sort of they're comfortable at half time. They match them again in, in the third and then that fourth quarter to, to go to fourteen. And it's there was a few things that happened, but yeah, what 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 are your what are your takes? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of disappointed by this one, <laughs> obviously. Um I just thought Oregon threw it away. Um, to be honest with you. I Obviously, they played really well in the first half. They got up. But then, you know, there was the, the warning signs were there. They missed the chip shot field goal, which obviously those three points were kind of all important towards the end. 
Um, there was a touchdown that was dropped in the end zone. Uh, there was. Auburn missed the field goal as well, though, to be fair. I think yeah, Eddie Dawes, I remember thinking that's nah, going to cost them. True, and Anders Carlson's quite a good kicker for this level. Um, so, yeah, that's quite a, quite a bad miss for him. Mm. Um, but then I think I think the, the play calling just sort of kind of became super yeah. conservative. There was, yeah. I don't think they tested Auburn deep at all. And we know that Justin Herbert's definitely got the arm strength to do that. So I just think I just think it was a, a case of good adjustments by the Auburn defense uh, to what Oregon were doing because they were missing a couple of players as well through injury, yeah. and then just considering <laughs> play calling, they just didn't really stretch the Auburn defense, and you know it just all caught up with them. And uh, yeah, obviously they, they rouged those sort of missed opportunities. So yeah, I was quite disappointed with that, but obviously a good a good uh, performance by Auburn and to step it up and sort of turn it around at the last second. Well, your thoughts on that Auburn touchdown as well? The, the Ducks weren't they weren't lined up and ready, were they? Um, I think it was twenty-one-six at the time, and uh, yeah. the wide receiver just, just had no one marking him, and he just he aborted the play and played some heads-up football threw it out to the man who, who did a job on the on the defender there, and just uh, exactly. all of a sudden it's twenty-one-thirteen and only five minutes left, huge, huge moment sort of mm. thing. Yeah, it's exactly that. Exactly that. It's a huge moment. You know, you've got to stay switched on, and uh, yeah, Bo Nick's heads-up play, as you say, just kind of. Uh, just did the obvious thing really and just chucked it out there and let him walk in. And um, yeah, no, it's a big turning point. And yes, it's just a really disappointing, I guess, from more, uh, sorry, Oregon's point of view from a defensive standpoint that they sort of allowed that to happen. I mean, they might have scored anyway, but just to, just to sort of let them sort of give them a free one was kind of really disappointing. It's a couple of like it shifted back and forth. There was some sort of like get out of jail free cards for both teams there. Cause I think there was, there was like five minutes left on the play clock and um Oregon had they had fourth and one. They went for it. Auburn D line won the battle. They, they they sort of turned everyone down. Auburn then went three and out though. I'm pretty sure. And the ball then came back to Oregon with about four minutes on the clock. But then they they went for a they yeah they they weren't then able to convert and Auburn obviously took it to the end. This is kind of it. This is kind of where they got really conservative because it does take you back to that fourth and one. Like everyone in the stadium knew that that was a run, especially with the the um, the backup QB in there. And actually, just a moment on the refs there, I thought that was actually a, a late hit on Justin Herbert, which took him out of the game, which, you know, you can kind of argue either way. But yeah, I just thought everyone in the stadium knew that fourth down call was going to be a run to the left, probably as well, behind sort of the, the best part of the line. And I just think you just got to just do something a little bit different and do something a little bit out of the ordinary. You know, you make that first down and they probably win the game. So again, it comes down to those finite moments. Um, yeah, no, like, just want to talk about Bo Nix for a second. Um, and, you know, like we said, the stats weren't fantastic. He didn't particularly wow me, especially in the first half, but he got the job done. And, you know, he showed some stones to sort of make that conversion. And we're just talking about Oregon not converting, but Bo Nix kind of converting with his legs at one point and then making yeah. making the throw when he didn't really need to because obviously Auburn, at the end, they were in field goal range and they didn't need the touchdown. They were going to win by a point anyway by kicking the goal. But threw the touchdown and, uh, and and won the game, won the game for them. So, yeah, no, hats off to him, I guess, and uh, kind of a disappointing one for Oregon and Justin Herbert. Yeah, definitely. I thought Nick did look good. Again, his stats, his stats don't don't read as though he had a fantastic game. But I mean, you, you watch some of the highlights. I thought he, I thought he played sensibly. There was times when he probably could have gone for gone for passes downfield when he decided to just throw it out and. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he looked good. To be fair, so it would be exciting to see what Auburn do, especially because I mean, I think Oregon are a really good side, and um, I think if Auburn have done that, then I'm I'm really excited to see what what, what Auburn uh, look like against other sort of stronger teams um, that they come up against this season. Yeah, for sure, and obviously, I think there's there's big tests ahead for both of these teams, and they both sort of got aspirations to have 
good seasons. And just one last thing on Bonix, one thing, you know, we're both saying, and I think all three of us might agree that he didn't have like the greatest of games, but one thing that really stood out for me is the moment didn't look too big for him. You know, he's yeah. playing his first game on yeah. the stage in a in an NFL stadium in front of, um, you know, loads of people and loads of people watching. And he seemed quite calm. He seemed like he wasn't flustered and uh, commanded the offense pretty well. So, yeah, I think one to watch for sure after winning the starting job. Definitely. Oh, undoubtedly. Uh, so we will move on from that game and we'll move on to another quarterback who we've all definitely got our eyes on. Uh, and that's Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he was excellent on his Oklahoma debut. Um, he threw for three touchdowns, ran in three more, had 176 yards on the ground, over 300 through the air, um, had only three incompletions. What more is there to say? Um, obviously, we called this, Tom and I, before the season started. We think that Jalen Hurts is going to be brilliant. This is <laughs> the bar. But yeah, just what do we reckon, guys? I mean, super impressive. The fact that he's in Lincoln Riley's system, he's mm. replacing Kyler Murray, who had to replace Baker Mayfield, and he went in and he completely incomplete, like what, three passes, and he just blew the doors off Houston. <laughs> but he outplayed De'Eric King, who let's not forget, like, accounted for 50 touchdowns last season. Yeah. And he played pretty well in this game, and Jalen Hurts just blew him out of the water. I don't think I've ever been impressed with a debut like that before. That was just incredible. Well, I've seen, right. I've seen one. I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but I've seen someone say that it's like the most impressive QB performance on debut in an Oklahoma jersey. And obviously, like you say, you you mentioned in Kyle, yeah, yeah. you mentioned in Baker Mayfield in that, and well, you know, uh, talking about this in rarefied air now. Tom, what do you reckon? Exactly. Yeah. No. Just on that point, he actually set he set two school records um, on on the night, and he had the new school record for the for the most yards thrown on a debut, um, and also the first Oklahoma quarterback in school history to throw for over three hundred and fifty and rush for over one hundred and fifty yards in the mm-hmm. same game. And as you said, he's just come on from two previous Heisman winners, so it was it was unbelievable. Number one overall ranked uh, QBR as well at ninety six point seven, and mm-hmm. yeah, he just looked he just looked elite, didn't he? Definitely, definitely. And this is kind of what I'm, I'm going to be expecting now for the rest of the season when he you know, goes on to win the Heisman as we kind of <laughs> And you know, the, but, sorry, go on, go I'll on. let you speak first. No, no, I was just gonna, I mean, if, I was just going to say, did you guys see the, uh, the post-match interview? That That's exactly doing? what I was just about to say. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to bring that up as well. That, that was kind of like the most impressive thing that, you know, he went out, absolutely destroyed everything, set all these records, like you say, had an incredible game that everyone's kind of like falling over and then he goes out and says that he's unhappy about it. He's <laughs> like, that's the, the sort of attitude of like a, an assassin almost. Like, you know, he wants more. And I think he's got a chip on his shoulder, obviously, leaving yeah. Alabama and now he's in, in the perfect scenario, let's be honest. And this is why we're kind of, we're all loving him at the moment and kind of expecting success. And he's going out there and he just wants to take it all, I guess. Yeah, definitely. He's, I'm he's guessing fast. NFL GMs lapped that up as soon as he said it. They're like, oh, hold on. This guy's just done that and he's still not satisfied. Yeah, That's yeah. my quarterback, because I would. Man, he's on, he's on a mission. He's definitely on a exactly mission. Exactly my thoughts as well, Thomas. When he was like, saying that, I was thinking, look, I mean, I know he's obviously very serious about the task ahead, but how much of that is just to show, like, this is how serious I am. Like, make sure you pay attention. Well, that's it. I mean, he's got to do that. I mean, that's kind of another reason probably why he stayed behind at Alabama, didn't sulk, put in the work, and then transferred into the perfect scenario. You know, he's playing the system really well, I think. And, uh, you know, fair play to him. I think he'll do really well this season. And, uh, like I said, um, in that preseason pod- podcast, 
he's going to kind of play himself into first round contention, I think, even though he might not be the best and talent, most talented QB as a thrower, maybe. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong, but um, a yeah. lot of QBs that have gone in the first round aren't necessarily the best thrower. Tim Tebow was a first round QB, so. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, we've seen a few in the kind of Jalen Hurts mould that we can kind of throw that in in the last couple of years, really. Lamar Jackson's bringing to mind, same with Josh Allen. I mean, I'd say he's a better thrower than Lamar Jackson, but obviously not Josh Allen. Josh Allen's got a cannon, but, um, you know, he's, he seems like the best of both worlds. He can throw the ball incredibly well, and he's, a, he's far more athletic than I think most people give him credit for. Oh, and, he just glides for me. He's oh, so, and he's so, powerful. so big as well. Like mm. he's going to start. He's going to come up against defensive backs and not as good as those that he's come up against in the SEC and his in his conference games. And I think he's just going to just ragdoll people. He, he seems to be what Stephen A. Smith thought Dwayne Haskins was. Big QB that can run and throw the ball. Yeah, yeah that's a good comment. I actually. Um, I mean, I'm not throwing this out as my comp, but I definitely saw at least one person throw this comp out there as uh, he saw Cam Newton vibes from Jalen Hurts. What do we ever think about I that? don't disagree. I do not disagree at all. Although I, I think he might have better throwing mechanics than Cam, who still just mm. launches it on every single throw. Yeah. But, um, I mean, in terms of comparisons, that's pretty good, to be fair. Yeah, I definitely saw a couple of throws that I did think that. And Jalen Hurts has probably got a better dress sense than Cam Newton as well, so give him that one as well, I'd say. Um, <laughs> He's a bit of a fashionista, old Cam, isn't he? Yeah, well, I think he thinks Apparently. <laughs> um, lads, what we're going to do is we're just going to, we're just going to wrap this up almost. And um, what we're going to do is we're just going to just sort of open the floor up for you both and just sort of say, like, who's, who else stood out for you this weekend? Just give me one person each. And why? Can, Thomas, can I be really cheeky? I know you've got some. Sorry, Thomas. You go. You go, Thomas. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Um, in the Utah State Wake Forest game, everybody was watching Jordan Love, and mm-hmm. he got outplayed by Jamie Newman, um, Wake Forest QB. In my ACC preview, I said Wake Forest were in good position with their quarterbacks with Sam Hartman and Jamie Newman. Um, both played like half a season last year because Hartman got injured. But, mm-hmm. Damon Newman went out, he completed 34 of 47 passes, 401 yards, three touchdowns, and rushed for 36 yards and another touchdown. And he looked fantastic. He is a guy that I was kind of high on. And after that debut, I know it was Utah State, it's not like a a massive team, Mm -hmm. but that was an impressive start for him. And I'm going to keep watching Wake Forest this season because they have a chance to start 6-0. And mm-hmm. then they hit Clemson and Syracuse. So we'll see what happens after he gets the 6-0 and, and plays the big boys. But as starts go, yeah, he's on my watch list because that was impressive. Yeah, I like it. And like you say, especially because everyone was watching the other guy, our QB, John Love. Um, Thomas, sorry, I could have done it again. Oh, my God. I need to stop doing this. Tom, how about you? Yeah, well, there's one that I'll get to in my moment, but I just want to quickly throw um, a tiny one in, if I may. I've not oh, yeah, touched on it for too long, so I don't know much about him. But I don't know if you saw uh, the um, the um, tight uh, the tight end um, Herbert's second touchdown pass to Spencer Webb, uh-huh. freshman, six foot six, two hundred and forty six pounds, just basically shrugged the de- like the defensive back mm-hmm. off of him, just caught it, and was just like, "Get off me!" And I just thought, I mean, he looked like he had a pretty good game. I think um, if if um, if I, I mean again, I'm not I'm not an expert on how Oregon play. Obviously, I know like Tamu 
uh, like to use a tight end. But if, if that's a relationship that um, Herbert can build this year with Webb, then that, I think that's one to watch for sure. Yeah, definitely. And no, I'd agree with that. He had a pretty good game and a little bit like what we've just been talking about the QBs. I think everyone is kind of looking towards Jacob Breland in the sort of tight end sort of role for Oregon. So yeah, Spencer Webb coming right. to the fourth, catching touchdown, made a couple of good catches as well. So yeah, definitely on the radar for sure. Yeah, and then the other one for me, just going back to it, because I've got to stick with it, as uh, Kellen Mond. Of course. Um, <laughs> I think there was, there was a lot of like chat at SEC Media Day. I know we, I came away feeling like Felipe Franks was going to also step up. But I think like Kellen Mond actually uh, sort of backed it up. I, mean, I, know, I know Texas State aren't necessarily the, the best team, um, but he looked comfortable in the pocket. He had mm-hmm. wide receivers up and down down the field I mean I know you had to move that one on Twitter as he sort of rolled out and sent one down the field but I just I just think he's confident it's his team he 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 looks good and obviously they've got the big one against Clemson this weekend so we'll we really will find out I think but yeah for me uh Kellen Mond looked great as well absolutely I'll come to that in a second um that that game that you just mentioned but I just want to mention my my one my one's kind of a couple really uh, obviously, we talked in the preseason about Jacob Eason at Washington. I was going to give a shout out to the Pac-12. I thought Washington, you know, obviously playing Eastern Washington, it's not like the biggest and sort of best test that they're going to have. But I thought, you know, Jacob Eason came out. He threw for almost 350 yards. He didn't give the ball away. Didn't turn the ball over. He threw four touchdowns, and you can see that talent's there. You know, and Aaron Fuller was sort of his. Uh, most sort of explosive weapon. He didn't get the most yards, but he caught two touchdowns. One was an incredible one-handed grab. Uh, I think that connection is definitely going to be there, and I think that's one to watch. I think I pointed that one out in my Pac-12 preview that I did before the season. I think that's going to be a connection we're going to watch. So, yeah, no, shout-out to them. That was really impressive. And, yeah, definitely going to be watching Aaron Fuller in sort of a, a class of really, really good wide receivers and Aaron Fuller's probably not going to get talked about a great deal but that's definitely there, that connection and I'm going to look forward to that one when I watch Washington for the rest of the year. Nice. So yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about Clemson A&M. Obviously it's the game to look forward to in week two. We'll probably discuss it at length next week. Are you still sticking with your shout that A&M are going to do it? <laughs> I'm going for it after that terrible performance, obviously, from Caroline. <laughs> no, I'm um, I mean, I'm sticking with it because it was my bold prediction pre-season and I do like what I've seen from Kellerman. But I mean, the Clemson defence, as you saw, are, are very, much, uh, very much there. And again, like we all said, I don't think there's any real concerns with Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne looked mm. unbelievable as well. So I mean, obviously, my brain says my brain says no, but yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going Tammy this this weekend. <laughs> cool. No, I respect it. You got to stick with it. And the other one as well. Obviously, you mentioned him before, Isaiah Simmons. We saw Dylan Moses go down with injury before the season. Uh, oh, of course. Got a chance now to sort of cement himself as the sort of number one linebacker in the class. So another one to watch there. Yeah, Thomas. And also, oh sorry, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say other. No, no. I was going to say other big games this this week as well. We've got we've got Texas LSU to look forward to. Mm. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be another really really good game. Um, Thomas, are you kind of looking forward to that one? So obviously, you have been hyping up Sam Ellinger. Obviously, we went head to head in the preseason on that one. Is that going to be your game to watch this weekend? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, Clemson. Let's go back to Clemson. Tammy. Um, Clemson weren't particularly impressive against um, Georgia Tech, but. I mean, if if Tamu ever have an opportunity to upset them, it's this weekend. And also, yeah, um, Sam Ellinger's my guy. I'm not going to pretend he's not. And uh, <laughs> LSU's offense just doesn't inspire me. So I've got a feeling Texas yeah. are just going to 
going to be able to score enough that LSU just can't keep up with them. Yeah, good. That's what it comes down to for me. Yeah, no, I would, I would kind of agree with that on both scores, to be fair. Um, obviously, be looking out for Grand El Pitt as well. <laughs> my eye on. Obviously. Uh, so, yeah, no, that should be good. They're the, they're the games for me as well. You've, you've both covered those really nicely. They're the games that I'm going to be looking out for this weekend as well. Awesome. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll just round it out there. I think we've covered covered a Fantastic. lot. Really good podcast. Really good to have you on, Thomas, for the first time. Looking forward to getting you on again and again. Thanks it was good to be on. on. Sorry? I said it was good to be on, oh, yeah. finally. Yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll round it out there, like I say. Um, so, yeah, we'll have uh, a round of goodbyes. Goodbye from Tom. Goodbye from me. <laughs> goodbye from Thomas. And goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. So, yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, if you want to give us a follow at Full 10 Yard CFP. Uh, sorry, lads, actually, before we go, do you want to just give out your handles? Because uh, I've forgotten to do that. Um, Tom, why don't you go first? What's your handle? Where can people find you? Yeah, I'm at Blogs Boz on, uh, on Twitter for all things SEC. And Thomas? And I'm at Robbery underscore. Cool. Okay, and then obviously we can all be found at the Full 10 Yards. And if you want to give the main uh, account a follow, it's at Full 10 Yards CFB. So, yeah, that's all from us. Uh, yeah, thanks again. We'll see you on the other side next week. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at Full 10 Yards CFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.